Welcome to another fun-filled Friday edition of Second City Sports. We're live in the living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Miss McKinley McKee, which is she. I am Cindy Brownhead. That's me. You can follow your Shirley on the Twitter and the IG at SidKid80. Once again, it's SidKid80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You can follow my Keenan McGee on the Twitter and I can't go again the IG. Make sure you download the Sports on Chicago app wherever you get your apps. You want to know why? Because we said so, that's why. And also, so you can catch up on our other live shows we have airing throughout the week. So, happen to miss them, you can go back and listen to them and watch them at your own leisure, especially during this extended full holiday weekend for many of you. Make sure you download that Sports on Chicago app today. Speaking of Sports on Chicago, you can follow us on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Please follow Sports on Chicago. On all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Please subscribe to our podcast. We're at War Media Podcast. That's W-A-R-R Media P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S. We on all we are on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. And speaking of War Media, give them a follow on all social media platforms at W-A-R-R Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, that's at War Media, W-A-R-R Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance. Your support. What like, share, subscribe, and tell your friend these are for me this. We are, <laughs> we are unapologetically fun and we have very definite opinions. If you have any definite opinions doing our two-hour extravaganza we call a sports talk radio show. You can always hit us up in the comment section at Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or at Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type me your questions and comments in the comments section. McKenna will get the up on the screen for you. But you decide to troll and or do something silly or stupid. I've given Lakina full power to give you fools to build and be a boot. Bye-bye. <laughs> but before we begin, we must remind you you also catch Sports Zone Chicago on Roku TV. That's right. So celebrate with the squad and give with the program. Sports Zone Chicago is now on Roku TV. If you already have a Roku television, just tap on that sports folder and download that Sports Zone Chicago app. If you don't have a Roku TV, but you have some handheld devices laying around, iPhone, iPad, iTouch, your Chromebook like I'm using right now, or your personal PC like Lakina's using right now, just head over to that Google Play Store, download that Roku TV app, and access SportsZone Chicago through that avenue. So no more excuses. Celebrate with the squad and get with the program. SportsZone Chicago is now available on Roku TV. Anytime, anywhere. And you know we will provide. always 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 we always do so yeah so we got a busy show uh for you guys today of course we'll talk um mlb as the white Sox are back to where they were about a month ago uh the cubs will get a little bit of a setback you have know a sweep against the phillies of course we got a no a perfect game in baseball for the first time in years also to the the crazy stuff in the nba massive cuts over at espn Ron Luke, Luke's from uh, OnTaskSportsNet.com will join us for the first time to talk Chicago sports. Connor Bradar, well, we're going to talk about it all <laughs> right here today in a busy show. So, uh, so let's get right to it and talk some local baseball. Yes, the Chicago White Sox, as you, as you mentioned, they are currently 2-2 two two on their current seven-game West Coast road trip. They defeated the Anaheim Angels yesterday by the score of 9-7. to They overcame a four-run deficit by scoring six runs in the third inning. Two RBI by Zach Rillabrand, uh, Remillard, I should say. Elo uh, Jimenez had a couple of RBI as well. Uh, they survived another mediocre, at best, using air quotes here, start by Lance Lynn. I'm about sick of him. But 
Anywho, uh, the White Sox offense uh, has woken up Lakina over these last two games. They scored 11 runs on Wednesday, nine runs yesterday as they uh, take down the Angels. Shohei Atani took them down on Tuesday, <laughs> uh, hitting two home runs and striking out double in double-digit fashion. But the White Sox bounced back nicely to gain a split in that four-game series. Now they head to Oakland for three games this weekend. As Lakina mentioned, Oakland made history. We'll tell you about that on the other side. But regarding this White Sox team, Lakina, we said we said this all year long. They're led by their starting pitching, and despite what happened yesterday, and despite what happened early in in the series against the Anaheim Angels, uh, this White Sox team, their bats have woken up uh, tremendously. Hopefully, that continues this weekend against Oakland. So basically, they're exactly where they were about a month ago, right? They're they're four and a half back. I mean, we had this. Con- I feel like we're, we've been having this conversation for like the last month or so. Like, okay, you know, yeah, okay, the Twins. Yeah, we'll talk about the Twins after the break. But mm-hmm. it just it just feels like we've, we've been singing this song. We've been repeating this for like the last few times. And I'm at that point where I'm like, okay, wait, we want to actually gain ground because I'm here to see how people say, oh, the Sox are back. They split the with the Angels. Okay, yes, you know, yes, Otani scored. We all struck like like the eleven and had two home runs. And whatnot, but I, I think look, you know, he's a six pitcher with you know ten Ks and uh, two uh, home runs in a single game since the mound moved to its current distance all the way back in eighteen ninety three, <laughs> and also to the yeah, so you know it's a little bit crazy that they were able to survive that. I think you know Shoei has like t- seven runs against home runs against the, against the White Sox. Okay, yeah, that's nice. Okay, you know like you know, Luis Robert Jr. had a couple uh, home runs, and you know oh oh okay, like okay. Give me a reason to care, because I I feel like you know, like I said, we've been having the same conversation for the last month with this team. I'm hearing like, oh, the Sox are back, the Sox are this. So like, well, you're you're back, you're exactly where you were about a month ago. We had the same conversation. So like, wait for me when they actually <laughs> do something, because knowing this team, yeah, you split with the the Angels, but you may end up you're losing two out of three to the A's. You know, who are probably not going to be in a very. I know they're not very good, but the after what happened with the Yankees, we'll get to that after the break. But I'm like, okay, moving on. Well, the offense is back, at least for the last two games. So let's see, as I said, they could keep that momentum up in Oakland, who are the worst, who is the worst team in baseball. But the starting pitching has held up. The bullpen has been shaky these last few games, but it's still been pretty good over the last month. So it's time for the offense to uh, continue to snap out of it. Like I, like I said, they've done it the last two games. Tim Anderson finally got off the schneid yesterday. We'll, we'll see if he can keep it up. I think this is a big stretch for him in terms of if the Sox should try to make the playoffs or not, or if he gets traded around this time in about another four or five weeks from now. But you're starting to see this offense come around. You mentioned Eloy. You mentioned uh, La Pantera, Luis Robert. And you mentioned Sebi Savala, the best nine-hole hitter in Major League Baseball. He had a couple of home runs in that series against the Angels. So uh, things are looking up offensively for the White Sox. As we said before, Lakina pitching does beat good hitting, but sometimes your pitching, especially good starting pitching, can only hold up for so long. you got to have other areas to pick you up. Right now it looks like the Sox offense is picking up that pitching step. Like I said before, I'm not saying the White Sox as a team is back yet, but it looks like their offense is back. Let's see if they can pound the Oakland A's this weekend. They need to sweep this series. They need to sweep this series. Which will probably not happen, knowing how this. Don't you put that bad juju out there? Well, look, you know how this team is. Uh, Sid, I mean, look, they oh, they again, they win like two out of three against or split a series, and they end up losing three out of four or two out of three. So I have no faith in this team. Look, I say, wake me when they actually do something. I know Bob Nightingale, you put out that hey, they're four and a half back. Well, and and like, oh, okay. 
again, it just shows you that the division's comical. There's still like 11 games under 500. So, again, wait me when they actually do something. Yeah, look, it's great to see Robert, what he's done. I know Vaughn's been pretty solid. You know, Romelar's been very good, too. It's been a nice, you know, story for them so far. Again, wait me when they actually do it consistently. Then maybe I'll care. Now, let's go to the north side uh, real quick. Uh, fortunately for the Cubs, they lose a uh, a heartbreaking, a heartbreaker, uh, you know, after being swept by the Phillies, uh, 3-1. Um, you know, just a, the, the pitching has been, it was okay, but the hitting just wasn't there. And, you know, you, the Phillies are like one of the hottest teams in baseball right now. Mm-hmm. So, you, unfortunately, you caught, you caught them at a, at a really, we uh, told you, you know, to watch out for them. Yeah, I mean, you know, Schwarber, you know, of course, I'm sure you know, you know he loves playing at Wrigley. You know, being, being able to come back to Wrigley and hit a couple home runs he did in this series. So, you know, it gets a little even tougher for the Cubs. I mean, they got to play the Guardians starting tonight. I mean, today, I should say. So, I'm not – there's still four back – I mean, five back, I should say. So, I'm not going to, you know, put cast on the side just yet. Mm-hmm. We'll see. I know Shrub was probably going to miss a start because of that blister. But I'm not giving up on the Cubs yet because I, I feel like, look, they just – they just you know, they just got like a tough break as a very hot team. Yeah, as we said about the AL Central, Lakina, I think, which is more comical. The NL Central is a bunch of parody, uh, 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 mediocre teams as, as best as well. Milwaukee, we'll mm-hmm. tell you what they did uh, following this timeout. But yep. the Pittsburgh, it looks like they're starting to bounce back after that hard start in, the, in their recent stretch of losing. You look at the St. Louis Cardinals, uh, they're struggling this year. In Cincinnati, uh, they're a surprise of the division this year. Can they keep it up? We shall see. But – uh, the Cubs, because of their great starting pitching in the offense start, uh, until the, this past series, the offense has started to heat up. So with a uh, good, very good starting pitching, and if the offense can pick it back up, they're in this thing. So if you're a Cubs fan, you shouldn't give up hope just yet. You're right there because the rest of the teams in that division are not good. Now, as far as the pitching this past series against the Philadelphia Phillies uh, went. Jameson Tyon, he wasn't that bad. Drew Smiley was terrible on Wednesday. Yeah. And, of course, Cal uh, Hendricks, he pitched well last night. It's just that the offense did not back him up. Yeah, I think that was sort of the thing. I mean, look, you know, he did what he was supposed to do. I mean, I think mm-hmm. he is starting to kind of get back to the, you know, to the Hendricks. Unfortunately, he got the loss. But, you know, unfortunately for – you know, for him, I guess the you know, they did the, the office didn't pick it up. I know Morel didn't have a good series, and you know this year, you know, in this Philly series, Bellinger had his struggles, Swanson had his struggles, so did Ian Happ. So, unfortunately, the the hit the, the hit it you know didn't help. You know, Hendricks. I mean, he only gave up three runs, and that was only early on. Uh, but it was just it just wasn't there for him. And I think you know they had their they had a couple of chances about the Cubs it to perhaps maybe make it a little bit interesting, but they weren't able to do that. So. You know, there was, I guess there was like a bunt that, you know, people are, are already questioning David Ross with a bunting and bunted with what, I mean, it's just a little bit crazy how all this is sort of like, you know, Cubs fans are. But like you said, I mean, they're still in that division. I know, yeah, yeah, the AL Central is Congo, but the NL Central is just as bad. So, you know, yeah. but yeah, I mean, they're, they're still right there. And I, and I kind of feel like, look, you need more hitting help. You need, uh, you know, a middle relief help. I mean, the middle relief actually was okay this series, but like I said, the offense just wasn't there, unfortunately. Yeah, previewing the series against the Cleveland Guardians, uh, uh, since we have a couple minutes left before we break for the bottom of the hour. As of right now, Justin just Steele will pitch today's, op- in today's opener in less than an hour from now. Of course, tomorrow, as of right now, Marcus Stroman will pitch. That's the that's a part of the Fox uh, Saturday yeah, night baseball game of the week tomorrow, and we'll give you the rest of the schedule on the flip side. And, of course, for, for a Sunday's game, if I can get it up here, I, I think 
if I can get it up here, because the, the Cubs starting rotation it actually sets up well for them in, in this series. They can hopefully, if you're a Cubs fan, take two out of three. Jameson Talion will start the, the Sunday afternoon affair against Aaron Savali. So uh, the Cubs is still going to face a good team in Cleveland, even though they're under 500 as well in their uh, AL Central division race. But I can see the Cubs taking two out of three from the Guardians. They they just got to uh, get that offense back on track. It, could you say it was a, a, a jet lag situation coming from London, even though they did get Monday off, or was the Phillies just that damn good? I think it was a combination of the two, but I think Philadelphia just outplayed them in every phase of the game. Right. And also, too, like you said, you know, I mean, they were also we're dealing with air bad air quality here in Chicago. So you got to think, mm-hmm. you know, the Phillies, you know, the Phillies played through it like a couple of weeks back. But, you know, now that, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting, you know, we'll see what happens because they can't use that excuse anymore. And like you said, they, it could have been they probably should have gotten two days off, I feel like, instead of just one. But, you know, I digress, you know, coming back all the way back from London. I mean, you know, I, I don't know, but. But hopefully they'll figure it out. Hopefully they can, if you if you're the Cubs, I know Sox fans are you know be cheering for the Cubs, <laughs> whether they like it or not. You hopefully get at least two uh, at least two out of three in that series. So uh, yeah, hopefully they can kind of you know get it going here and uh, get back on track. So, but yeah, like I said I don't think it, no one's gonna pull away from that division. So it is what it is. But you know, it should be interesting this weekend in this series with it at the Guardians. Yes, we have baseball history to talk about. Uh, could we see a couple of people give, get, be given their pink slip and link cards? And we have some offensive numbers and some pitching numbers to give you guys. And, uh, of course, we'll, we'll switch to the hardware and talk about uh, NBA free uh, agency as things are starting to hear that there is a, officially a free agency starts later today. You're listening to Second City Sports, the Friday edition. I'm Sid Desilakina. You're listening to Sports Zone Chicago. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks? They can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things. None of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. (laughs) Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say... No thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? 
For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. Welcome back to Second City Sports on this fun Friday, Friday fun edition. We're live in Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You can follow your Shirley on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's SIDKID80. SIDKID80. You can follow my Kita again on the Twitter and the Kids Go again, the IG. We have less than 90 minutes left for this extravaganza. We call it Sports Talk Radio Show. If you have any questions or comments for us, you can always hit us up in the comments section at Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or at Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in those questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. All right, so probably one of the best moments of the week in baseball came from just a couple of nights back in Oakland as Domingo Herman became just a third player born outside the United States to pitch a perfect game in, in MLB history, joining Felix Hernandez, who last did it back in who the last guy did it all the way back in 2012, and Des Martinez, who did it a few years ago. You know, back in the 90s. And also, too, uh, he gave the four Yankees to pitch a perfect game. Joined, of course, Don Lars, who, of course, did in the 56 World Series. Mm-hmm. David Wells in 98 and David Cohen right after that in 1999. Um, yeah, and the Yankees also scored 11 runs, which is actually the most by a team in a perfect game uh, in history. Just a, you know, a great moment for him and a you know, great moment for that uh, team. I know it's against it was against the A's, but, you know, still, you know, it's still something for the history books. And I, and I feel I know some people want to break up his, you know, stuff that he was suspended earlier this season, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about what's going on mm-hmm. on the field. And he needs to be, you know, yeah, he needs to be congratulated for this, for this, for this accomplishment on the, on the field, because it's very rare and historic. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, Lakina. First of all, uh, two thumbs up to Ryan Rukov for uh, for a great call on the Yes Network yes. on the Yankees TV. He filled in for Michael Kay. But I got a chance to watch the final two innings live, and it was such a historical moment. I, I thought about uh, the game two years ago. I think it's two years ago uh, next month when Domingo Hermano, he was in a similar situation against the Boston Red Sox and Fenway Park on that Sunday afternoon. Mm-hmm. The Yankees had to find another lead. He loses a no-hitter. They, the Yankees lose the game. And and he was, uh, after that, he 
kind of like you mentioned, been off and on, uh, struggling a bit with injuries. Of course, he had the suspension, but you know his ERA before Wednesday night's game was around nine. Nine, nine runs a game, of course, that, that's been brought all the way down with this performance. But it is a, a feat in baseball, which is very rare, and that's why it's very hard to do because everything just about has to go right. If you get a break or two, it has to go in your favor for you and your teammates. And so, and that's why the, the game of baseball is, is such a, a beautiful game when it's done right because stuff like that rarely happens now in other sports. When you see uh, outstanding performances, yes, you give them a standing ovation, you give them their props. But in baseball, you have to give players like this props because it's rare that you see a no-hitter or a perfect game because it, com- it rarely comes around that often. Yeah, and this is actually after them losing the opener, you know, in that ser- in that uh, mm-hmm. Oakland series. So, you know, a nice mouse by, of course, you know, Herman uh, actually said that he lost his uncle over the weekend too. He taught him the, mm-hmm. how to pitch and such. So that was a really – you saw how emotional he got in the – in the interview afterwards, but yeah, so look, I mean, look, it's, it's, it's a rarity, you know, it happens. It, it, it's kind of a rare feat in baseball, the perfect game. Like you said, everything has to go right, especially also your teammates have to make sure on the offensive side, they give you a little bit of a cushion and he did, he got 11, nothing. So, you know, it was just a, a really, a, a great moment. And look, I mean, it's it's sort of one of those days where like it's it's history making and look you have to it's the first no hitter and and perfect game this year of course we had you know some guys flirt with it a few times this year you know Kyle Hendricks and you know, a few others obviously but yeah I mean look I mean it's crazy because he actually allowed ten runs like you said going back to that nine he allowed ten runs in his last start against the Mariners so he's mm-hmm. actually the first player to throw a perfect game after allowing such a big uh you know big you know amount of runs he also um. That's actually, you know, that was it's been like 3,969 games since, of course, when uh, King Felix did it back in 2012. So it's been that's how long it's been since we've had a no hitter. So, it, it, I mean, I mean, a perfect game too. So yeah, just a, mm-hmm. just a really great moment, a great accomplishment, and congrats to him and the Yankees. And the Yankees ended up winning two out of three. So they ended up they scored ten yesterday. So uh, you know, oh, you know, yeah. So you know, it actually turned out to be uh, a good series for them. Yeah. No. You figured that the Yankees would have a day off yesterday, you know, celebrating the no-hitter from the night before. No, like you said, they scored 10 runs yesterday. They take care of business, taking two out of three from the other athletics. Uh, let's stay in the city of New York, Lakina, and go to the NLEs where the New York Mets continue to struggle. They're currently sitting at 36 and 44, eight games under 500. They split a tough four-game series against the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, Lakina, the offense for the Mets, you could tell that it's starting to come through, but it's going back to struggles again. I know Mets owner Steve Cohen had a press conference the other day. Uh, he said he was open to suggestions, and uh, it, it's just a big mess with the New York Mets right now. I, I think I think it's safe to say. I, I know it's tough because it's a long season, but I think it's safe to say the Mets should become sellers at the August second trade deadline. I don't know about you, but I, I think the kind of writing is on the wall. Yeah, I mean, you know, the Atlanta starting to pull away in that AL East. I mean, the Marlins are right there. You know, they're kind of right there in the striking distance. And, you know, the Phillies have are have been heating up lately. So I, I think you hate to say it, but you got to wonder, like, yeah, this is sort of like the thing where maybe they're 17 and a half back in that NL East. So, yeah, you got to think, you know, they're, they're, that's probably going to be it for them. So they probably are going to be sellers. You know, do they trade perhaps Verlander or Scherzer, you know, with all that money that they invested? Who knows? But it, it's one of those things where you're kind of like, you know, they had so much you know, expectations, especially with the signing of, of Verlander. 
mm-hmm. he started, you know, not looking good you know, early on. It's just like you, you feel for you feel for you feel for that whole team, and it's just like I don't know. I mean, well, what what do you do? I mean, it's just it's just you know mm-hmm. terrible. But it is what it is with new with the Mets, and yeah, they are probably going to end up being sellers of the trade deadline, and you, you hate to see that. And we'll see if Buck Walter is gone is gone. You know, I don't think it's going to be gone this. This you know, not to the season's over, especially if they don't finish well. But we'll have to mm-hmm. wait and see. Sticking with the NL East, look, you know the the Miami Marlins are forty six and thirty four. They're before last night's game, they, they had their best eighty one best record to start an eighty one game in eighty one games since. Can you guess? The last time they won the World Series, I'm thinking, right? Uh, you're half correct, but it wasn't 2003. It was 1997. Oh, okay. That was, yeah. So, uh, yeah, before last night's sweep of the Boston Red Sox, uh, the, the now Miami Marlins had the best 81 game uh, start to a season since they won the world series the first time back in 1997. I was watching their broadcast last night. It was, of course, the Marlins swept the Boston Red Sox. Uh, the, they had their first win on Tuesday, uh, in Boston since, 2009, so it's been a long time since that Florida franchise won a game at Fenway Park. Lakina, we talk about Chaz Jism Jr., we talk about mm-hmm. Sandy Alcantara, but the Miami office has woken up and woken up big time. Luisa Rice, who had to play in uh, an emergency position at first base yesterday due to Yuri Gurriel's injury during batting practice, so uh, I know he's chasing 400, but I'm kind of starting to like this Miami Marlins team. I know we talked about them last year, Lakina. They were flying around 500, but they just weren't there yet. We know that this uh, the foundation of, of this team, of this organization, is built by starting pitching. But uh, they they can swing the bats with the best of them as well. And Arias just got named to a starter in the All-Star game his first time. So, yeah, that's a – you know, with that 400. But, yeah, like I said, we'll, we'll see. I mean – you know, I don't know. Could they stick you know, with, the, with the Braves in that division? We'll see. But I think they'll definitely be a player to get one of those wild card spots. So, yeah, I mean, they've got, like I say, you know, Chas Chisholm, Reyes, you know, all those young players, of course, Alcantara, Al- Al- you know, that he's a, you know, somebody, you know, fresh off of Cy Young. He's been you know, still pretty solid. Not, probably not as dominant as he was during his Cy Young season last season, but he actually is still pretty solid and their best pitch, easily their best pitcher. So, it's gonna be interesting to see if they can keep it up. I and mean, we saw what happened last year. I mean, they they you know they you know they had they were right there for like the last until the last like what six or seven weeks of the season. You know, of course they end up falling off. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, sticking with the National League, we'll, uh, with this other interleague series, uh, shout out to our guy Brandon Schutz in, in the chat. I see your messages, hey, Brandon. Brandon. Uh, the the St. Louis Cardinals lose two out of three to the Houston Astros. The Astros uh, defeated them yesterday by the score of 14-0. The Houston Texans beat the old St. Louis Rams <laughs> Yeah, I'll say uh, that. by a football score yesterday. So uh, the, we talk about the Houston Astros being in the AL rest the AL West race with the Texas Rangers. We'll get to the Rangers in just a moment. But the Houston Astros, uh, they've been struggling with injuries here and there and a couple of injuries here and there where they're starting pitching. But their bats woke up the last two games of this series against the St. Louis Cardinals, scoring 10 runs on Wednesday and, of course, 14 runs yesterday. Yeah, I mean, you know, that, that Houston, you know, you thought that maybe with all the injuries, you know, the, the World Series, you know, stuff, you know, a little bit of a hangover. But they've, they've done – look, they've – I know that they only lost two, two out of three against the Dodgers last weekend, but you know, you're winning. Mm-hmm. We had two out of three against 
the Cardinals, they should definitely, especially scoring 14 as I saw that score on Wacko. Isn't that nice? The Oilers, or you want to say the Texans uh, beat the Rams, or maybe you want to say the old Oilers team beat the yeah, the Cardinals. I don't know, Ooh. however you want to say it. But, <laughs> yeah, however you want to say it. But yeah, I mean, there's just a, you know, the bats definitely uh, flowed yesterday, and they actually played Texas actually starting tonight. So could be interesting to see, could be for control of the AL, AL uh, West, I should say. So should be interesting that that series. But yeah, I mean, look, I, I'm liking what they've. I'm liking what they've been doing. You know, Kyle Tucker, who got, you know, I think he get, I think, yeah, I think he, oh, he'll probably definitely be a reserve for the all-star game. Had a, you know, nice big show in the last couple of games, you know, three home, uh, three RBIs, I should say, you know, during that series. So yeah, it's going to be very interesting, but yeah, I mean, you know, look, it, it's going to, it's going to get to the point where we're going to, it's good. It could end up being a two team race in that AL West. Yeah. And we talk, we'll talk about Seattle and of course, Anaheim, they split their four game series with, with the Chicago White Sox. Texas, uh, they still lead the division, but uh, if they're not careful, their lead could be shrinking here pretty soon. Of course, they split their four-game series. I'm talking about Texas against the Detroit Tigers. They lose a heartbreaker uh, yesterday in the, in the series finale to the Detroit Tigers. Like, uh, their bullpen, I'm talking about Texas, and came un- unglued. Yeah. And as we talked about before, Texas has the offense, but it looks like they have the pitch and the goal with it. Dane Dunning had a good performance the other night. And, of course, Jacob DeGrom, uh, their star pitcher, that who they signed the free agency in the offseason, is done for the year with the Tommy John surgery. But yeah. uh, give Bruce Bochy credit for uh, for uh, keeping this team together, keeping keep them atop the AL West race, but we're not counting out the Astros just yet. Absolutely. No, I, I wouldn't either. Of course, they are the defending champions for a reason. Now, going back to the NL East, uh, the Braves have won five in a row. They swept the Twins. That's why, you know, Sox fans are all liking a tizzy because, you know, thanks to that, you know, they can say a lot of Minnesota. Of course, you did. Just get your come on. Don't want to put the socks out of their misery just yet. Okay, but uh, and Robert Bobelli was pissed before yesterday's game. <laughs> oh, yeah, he should have been. Uh, yeah, Matt Olson. Uh, Matt Matt Olson checked up. Uh, 400, 400 miles. I don't think they found that ball yet. I, I don't think they have. <laughs> of course, uh, you know, completed that sweep. Of course, Ronald Alconda uh, Jr. I mean, he's been you know just been hitting the ball you know consistently. He already reached fifty uh, RBIs this year with his home run. Um, in that first game, he joins Joe, Joe Morgan uh, as the only player with 50 RBIs and 35 stolen bases before July since RBI became an official step all the way back in 1920. So I don't know if the Braves are going to run away with the NL, you know, at least like, like I said, but they're definitely going to make it a little bit harder. And, and you know, it's going to be interesting because they play the Marlins starting tonight. Again, we'll, we'll talk about the series in, in a couple of minutes, but they're making it. They're kind of showing, making the case as to why that they they've been, you know, kind of right there the last few, you know, few years. Especially, of course, you know, going off the World Series a couple years ago and everything else. So it's it's yeah. So I think Atlanta is showing you that look, we're we're here and yeah, we're not going anywhere. I think it's the Braves versus everybody else in the National League right now because the Braves, I believe, they have the best record for the month of June with only four losses in Major League Baseball, so they really ha- have picked it up. We mentioned the Miami Marlins are not too far behind them, so it should be an exciting race in the NL East. So another team that needs to pick it up, looking at going back to the AL East, this is the Toronto Toronto. Blue Jays, mm-hmm. after being shut out in the first game, which they had a great performance out of Kevin Gossman, he struck out 12, but he had no help from his offense. The Toronto Blue Jays exploded for the next two games, scoring 10 runs on Wednesday, uh, and they eked out a 2-1 to win yesterday, thanks to Vlad Guerrero Jr. 
home run yesterday, which turned out to be the difference in the game. Like Keenan, we talked about it before with this Blue Jays team. They have the offense, but they got to combat that with a great starting pitch. And they did get that on Tuesday, but to no avail. But these last two games showed them what they really are capable of. They can just stay consistent. They're going to have to be consistent. Their hitters have actually been good, but like you said, that the pitching has been the kind of like the big issue. And, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that maybe they'll be, you know, they're still, they're still right there in the, in the wild card. They're like right there at they're kind of right there in that wild card. They're kind of like right there in that last spot. But if you're if you're the Blue Jays, you should be a little bit better. Look, look no one thought that Toronto. I mean, uh, Tampa was going to get to the best start they had. They're still consistent. Baltimore's been very good. The Yankees are starting to kind of get you know put it together a little bit. You're know, way two out of three against uh, San Fran. I think could definitely only help in that confidence, you know, wise, especially for them. But yeah, I think I think they're capable of doing that. But they're gonna, they're going to need some more starting pitching because. That hitting, you know, as great as it is, you can only do so much. So you're going to need pitching, especially if you want to go far in the playoffs. Yeah, sticking with the AL East, you, you mentioned we'll get to Baltimore in just a minute, but the Tampa Bay Rays, uh, they continue their West Coast road trips. They two they take two out of three in Arizona against the Diamondbacks after losing the opener uh, on Tuesday night. Tampa Bay won the last two games of, of, of the series. Like, you know, as, I talked about, as we talked about before, the Tampa Bay Rays are one of the best fundamentally sound teams in the lead, the offense broke up these last two games. They have the great starting pitching. They have a great bullpen, uh, but their bats are starting to come alive as well. Yeah, and I think the perfect timing for them, I think. And so, you know, I think we'll definitely see if they can keep it up. But, yeah, I think they're definitely going to be right there in that division. So I don't know if they're going to run away with it, but, you know, they mm-hmm. make it very hard. You know, I mean, they all got they all got to play each other the second half of the season. So it could be, yeah. come down to, like, who really kind of like – it's, it's going to be a slugfest in the AL East, so – could be just it's gonna be you know could Tampa will Tampa be able to hold on? Can Baltimore or the Yankees or even the Blue Jays overtake them? So it'll be interesting. Yeah, speaking of Baltimore, they lose two out of three to the Cincinnati Reds at home earlier this week. Ellie De La Cruz for the Reds is starting to come through, Lakina, and some of the other young guys, Jonathan yeah, India, yeah, and the yeah. Joey Votto. We talked about his return to the lineup last week, mm-hmm. and this Cincinnati team is fun to watch and. I'm not going to sit here and say they're going to make the playoffs for sure or win the division because I think that's unlikely, but they, they're an f- exciting, fun team to watch. We'll see if they can keep it up now. Uh, Milwaukee, yeah, thanks a lot. Thanks for nothing, Mets. You, know, you went, they went three out of four. Mm-hmm. Now they're back in first place. But uh, yeah, like I said, we'll, like I don't think anybody's going to run away from that division. We'll, uh, you know, we'll see if they can keep it up. Uh, the Dodgers, the Dodgers had a nice, uh, had, they had a nice uh, week uh, this week. They had two out of three from against the Rockies at Coors, and and they had yeah, a hailstorm last night. <laughs> yeah, I know, literally a hailstorm. Yeah, fourteen to three. <laughs> it was like I think they just hit another home run. Uh, Freddie Freeman <laughs> hit a couple, had a couple RBIs. So he's going back to the All Star game as a starter. JD Martinez is also going back to the All Star game as well. You know, they were the leaders in that fourteen to three shellacking after like a yeah, you know, it was like a, it was a bunch of hail. You know, we were having we're having air quality issues here in Chicago. We've been having it for like the last week, but you know mm-hmm. the air. But they had like a whole like you know like hail storm or something over there, so it was severe weather hit uh, the Denver area. So that's why they had to delay it for like for like almost an hour, I think. But yeah. you know, it didn't deter uh, the Dodgers. They won. They they won fourteen to three, so it really didn't matter. Right, right. Uh, the Washington Nationals take two out of three in Seattle against your Mariners. Lakinas is Seattle still cannot get to that mm-hmm. five hundred mark. And the Pittsburgh Pirates, as we mentioned earlier, they sweep the San Diego Padres. I think I know what the Padres' problem is, you know, their what? bullpen. Yeah, well, that's been an issue for the last couple of years, and unfortunately, you know, get just you know getting swept. I mean, like my God, I mean, I know uh, you, you thought that maybe they were going to figure it out. They started figuring it out, but 
Mm-hmm. You know, other than that, you know, they're they're kind of like the White Sox, a slightly better version of the White Sox. I mean, yeah, I think that's fair to say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like they, they, you thought that maybe they were going to get it going, but they didn't. Then they lose, you know, then they lose two out of three to the Nationals. Then they get swept by the Pirates. So you're like, what the heck is going on here? But look, t- look, Tatis has been doing his thing, you know, ever since coming back from suspension. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they also had air quality issues too uh, over there yesterday too. They, they their game was delayed for about forty five minutes. So. It's just like I don't know. I don't know what to say about the the Padres. We, I don't know. It's 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 a little nutty, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. They can figure it out, but I, I don't know if they can now. Going yeah, and the Cleveland Guardians take two out of three in Kansas City. Yeah, just oh yeah, a little note there. Um, and we're going to the schedule. It's because of the Friday schedule starting today, Friday. Uh, we talked about Cleveland, and the uh, the Cardinals and the Cubs. They start pitching you at about one twenty. Then you got San Diego and Cincinnati. Hmm, that should be interesting. We'll see if the same mm-hmm. if San Diego wants to get that taste out of their mouth for that pirate sweep. Uh, Phillies, you know they're getting back going uh, against uh, national as they host the Nationals, Minnesota and Baltimore. Uh, the first Let's go O's. <laughs> yeah, right. I know gonna be sure you hard for them. Uh, the first game, the Apple TV Plus, uh, double kind of double header, sort of. You know, the first game that, of that game will be in the NL Central. You got the Brewers and the Pirates. That should be a fun one. Uh, another good one here: Boston and Toronto. They start their series. San Francisco and the Mets. Ugh, the Mets, yuck. Uh, <laughs> yeah. A good, a good battle here in the NL East. You got Miami and Atlanta to start things off there. That should be a fun series. Yes, yeah, so finish out your Friday night schedule for the for the weekend in Major League Baseball. You have the Battle of Texas, like in Houston at mm-hmm. Texas, is kicking off tonight. Uh, that, that's going to be a good one. I'm going to have my eye on that series, too. Mm-hmm. Of course, you have the Dodgers and the Kansas City Royals, uh, the Tigers and the Rockies. You may see some more strange weather issues there. Mm-hmm. Who knows? <laughs> of course, you got the, uh, the Yankees and the Cardinals from St. Louis, a historical series, of course. Aaron Judge may or may not be back. We'll see about that. Of course, you have Arizona at Anaheim tonight. That's the second game on the Apple TV Plus Friday night doubleheader. And, of course, you have Tampa Bay at Lakina, Seattle Mariners. And on uh, Monday, of course, as we're going to be off Monday because of the uh, Independence Day holiday. Let's you know get the schedule up here. You got... Uh, of course, Houston Texas are going to be finishing off their series. Uh, the Cubs got a big one here against Milwaukee. The first game of that series will be on ESPN+. Plus. Then you got Cincinnati and Washington, St. Louis and Miami, Baltimore and the Yankees. To start okay. off there. Yep. Okay. Yeah, before we get to the actual games on Independence Day, your Fox oh, Saturday oh. Yeah, your Fox Saturday night. <laughs> Uh, baseball schedule looks like this. Most of the country will get the Cleveland Guardians at the Chicago Cubs. That's at 615. Hey. Others will get Tampa Bay at, at Lakina Seattle Mariners. And part of the country will get, this will make no sense to me, excuse my broken English, but the LA Dodgers at the Kansas City Royals. Why? Why? That's a little bit weird. Yeah, that's a little bit odd. That should have been Miami and, and Atlanta, but I digress. Yeah, that's true. And of course, the Peacock game of the week you know, will be a good one. They got the the Twins and Baltimore series. That's going to be at 11.05. And Sunday Night Baseball, you got the Giants and the Mets. I'm sure ESPN wish they could have flexed out of that one. But yeah, yeah. Yep. But yeah, so now going back to that, uh, to this uh, series coming up on Monday, you got Atlanta and Cleveland. That should be an interesting series. Kansas City and Minnesota, Angels and San Diego, uh, Seattle and the Giants, and uh, Pittsburgh and the, uh, the Dodgers, I should say. Uh, yeah, the Dodgers. <laughs> 
Okay, and for Tuesday, 4th of July, your schedule looks like this. The Blue Jays will come to Chicago's south side to face the White Sox. We have Cincinnati at Washington to take on the Nationals. Note that 10.05 Chicago time start. Of course, you have Baltimore and New York to take on the Yankees. The Cardinals at Florida to take on the Marlins. Texas at Boston. Kansas City at Minnesota. Of course, the Cubs and the Brewers will still do better. Battle uh, Colorado at Houston. The Mets at Arizona, Philadelphia and Tampa Bay. That should be a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lakina, Seattle, Menors at San Francisco, Oakland at Detroit, the Angels at San Diego. Of course, the Braves and the Guardians and the Pirates uh, will travel to L.A. to take on the Dodgers. And that is your schedule for uh, this this Fourth of July weekend in ML in the MLB. All right, you're listening to Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago on this Friday edition. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. Since we have a few more minutes to close out our number one, let's get into a little bit of a free agency talk as we transition over to NBA. Lakina, the James Harden saga continues because he decided to pick up his option yesterday. Of course, the the, the shooting guard star for the Philadelphia 76ers. It looks like he's going to stay there for now, but now it looks like he's going to reach to trade and a couple of teams are involved including the famous west coast team tell us about it yeah portland yeah portland they're already like you know folks are saying that maybe they'll should they'll trade portland portland should trade dame and uh harden i'm sure they're gonna have to make the money work too with uh you know and such maybe a couple other you know maybe add a you know add a pick as well for them mm-hmm. i mean it'll be to another team well the clippers actually too but also to uh, the knicks or those are kind of like the two main teams among them so you know, salary cap wise, you got to think if you're the Clippers, do you, I don't know, do you want to, you already got a player that you know, they may have to do like a PG you know, versus Harden, like switch. I, I don't know. I mean, New York, I know, I know they got a lot of uh, draft picks. You know, I know they got a little bit of cap room, but do you try to maybe perhaps maybe get, I, I don't know, will, will Harden <laughs> fit that system with, uh, I'm serious, what will Harden fit that system with, <laughs> with uh, Tibbs? I don't know. I mean, but yeah, what do you think? As far as the New York Angles concerned, I get the draft picks and I get some of the young assets that the Knicks do have. But like you said, offensively, it's not a problem for James Harden. But the problem is going to be on the other end defense. You know, Tom Thibodeau preaches defense. We saw that firsthand here in Chicago over a decade ago. And you know that if you don't play defense for Tom Thibodeau, you're not going to get on the floor. And at this point in James Harden's career, I don't see him playing the lick of defense. Do you? I don't. <laughs> I don't. That's why I don't think it's, it's not going to fit. It's not going to be a good exactly. Fit. And as far as um. As far as the Clippers are concerned, I mean, sort of the same thing. I mean, look, you already, you know, PG, you think, you know, of course, you get your trade PG and your hard, you know, they switch places and, you know, work out the money and stuff. I don't but, think that makes much sense either outside of economics. Yeah. And so, you know, that that's a little bit odd to me as well. So, like, that's a little bit weird, especially since you're hard, you know, he's going to want his rest. And, of course, Kawhi, you know, you know he, he still likes to get his rest. So, like, you know, Tyrone is going to have a little bit of a, uh, an issue there. So I don't know. I know that, you know, there are a lot of uh, Sixers fans that want a hard to press, maybe come in, you know, to, you know, go to Portland, perhaps, you know, bring on Dame, but not, I don't, it's like, what do you, can you see, um, you know, Dame going to Philadelphia and uh, Harden, you know, going to Portland? I don't think that's not going to happen. I don't see that happening either, but we talked about Damian Lillard perhaps being a fit for the Philadelphia 76, 76ers, which I still believe is possible, but who does Philadelphia have to give up? I don't think they have too many draft picks left. I, I don't have the, the official um, vital signs in front of me, but I know they have a couple of good young players. 
players uh, on his team, uh, Shake Milton and others. Perhaps you could throw in Tobias Harris in that deal as well. But I think they have more than the Clippers do. So then if that makes sense. But as far as, the, as I said earlier, the New York angle, I don't see that happening. I think more realistic is Portland. I know the Clippers will try and trying to do a new big three. Cause remember they're going to a new arena after next season. So they don't uh-huh. want to show their fans that they're still committed to winning. So plus Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are on the last years of their deals uh, for next season as well. So I think common sense wise, I think Portland makes the most sense. I see why the Clippers want to get involved, but just training Paul George for James Harden outside of economics, it just doesn't make basketball sense. Maybe I'm missing something. I don't know, but outside of economic reasons, I don't, I don't see it. Yeah. It's, it's a little bit weird. We'll see as a saga of uh, James, what will James Harden go? You know, I, I feel like I should be asking some music going there with a little James Harden, but uh, you know, but, you <laughs> where did you go? My loving. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> careful, careful. We can't pay the royalties they said. But, uh, right. <laughs> our number one in the in the books, our uh, our number two straight ahead. We got Ron lose from mm, excuse me, I can't talk today. So go ahead. <laughs> take you take it, Sid. <laughs> Stay tuned for more sports and more fun as Second City Sports continues with Ron Loose from On Tap Sportsnet to talk Chicago sports and more. I'm Sid Thessakino. You're listening to Sports Old Chicago. Lane? No, not at all. Are you not paying attention? Are you texting? I was just checking in with my mom. I was telling her that I thought we'd be home by six. It's okay. There's enough time. Just pay attention. I'm not even halfway through my text. There's no way. I'm not even going to look up. My babies are in the car. You have to pay attention. It's just supposed to be a quick text. I'm so sorry. Hi, I'm Tom Brady, the director of DoDEA. September is National Suicide Prevention and Awareness Month. The simple act of reaching out and caring for those in our communities is something we all can do. Just being there for someone you care about can be a tremendous first step in getting them access to confidential resources and support that they need. It only takes one person and one small act and one minute to make a difference. Let's make a difference.
Welcome back to hour number two of Second City Sports, the Friday edition. We're live in Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at SidK80. Once again, at SidK80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. You can follow Lakina McGee on the Twitter and Akina's going on the IG. We have less than an hour left for this extravaganza we call it Sports Talk Radio Show. If you have any questions or comments for us, especially for our next guest, you can always hit us up in the comment section at Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or at Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. One of our goals for this year, Lakina, we talked about we love our friends of the show or our contributors, but we like to bring new people along and give them exposure, perhaps give them a, a big jump start. And today we're back to doing that. He's making his debut right here on Second City Sports. He was on our guys' show, uh, Sean Sierra, Sean and Maya in the morning earlier today. He's making his Second City Sports debut. He could talk everything Chicago sports from Bulls, Blackhawks, Cubs, Sox, and everything else in between. From On Tap Sportsnet, here comes Mr. Ron Luce. Ron, welcome to our Yay. show. How are you? Hey, I'm good, guys. How are you guys? We're, We're doing, doing good. Doing well. Uh, you can follow Ron on Twitter at Luce On Tap. That's L-U-C-E On Tap. Once again, that's Luce On Tap, L-U-C-E On Tap. Ron, we've been talking about baseball for the last hour. We'll give ourselves a break, and we'll go to the – one of the few uh, good happenings in Chicago sports right now is the Chicago Blackhawks. Of course, the worst kept secret in the history of Chicago sports. The Blackhawks had the number one pick in the NHL draft. They selected Connor Berdard. We'll ask you first before we break it down a little bit. What does this mean for the Blackhawks franchise? It means the start of a new era, really, is, is what it is. It's it's you know a, a new star in the making here with Bedard. Uh, it's almost poetic in a little bit of ways going from you know Kane and Taves to now a new face of the franchise here in Connor Bedard so uh it's just it's a new era it really is it's just a new era of Blackhawks hockey now on the horizon with Bedard in the fold yeah they've actually made some other uh moves as well talk about the Blackhawks they made a couple um of trades you know, during that draft and uh they got a veteran too i gotta i'll get it going here but uh cory perry uh you know, got him you know, you know to come to the fold so they're going to be surrounding badar with a lot of you know veteran you know guys now i know it's still going to probably be a few years before they start contending or perhaps maybe make the playoffs so does the Bedard you know, being drafted does that kind of like extends accelerate stays a little bit or no or is it going to stay you know the plan's going to stay the same. What do you think? I think the plan internally stays the same, but it absolutely does accelerate the rebuild. Anytime you can get what has been characterized as a generational player, that's always going to accelerate anything. And, you know, he's, he's very unique in the sense, you know, it's not just another year of, Oh, you have the first overall pick and you took the best player available. Connor Bedard's been on the NHL radar since he was 14 years old. So, I mean, this guy's been being talked about, since Connor McDavid was drafted, even they were saying like, Oh, keep an eye on this kid. You know, he's the next best thing since we've seen since McDavid. And now he's, he's here. And it, it, it's, uh, it's much nicer to know he's going to be playing in an Indian head sweater than anywhere else. Yes. That number 98 on that Blackhawk sweater never looks so good other than right now. Uh, as Lakina talked about the, about the Corey Perry signing, I know some Blackhawks fans were upset yesterday. Uh, uh, remember, 
Connor Bedard has to have veterans around him to get him used to the NHL game, to get him used to carrying himself even further as a pro, both on and off the ice. But I want to ask you this, Ron, about another move that Cal Davidson made right before the draft, and that's picking up a former former number one pick, Taylor Hall. Of course, he had his ups and downs throughout his NHL career, but as far as getting this program back on track, I'm not saying the Blackhawks are going to the playoffs next year because that's not in the plans, but I think this is another good veteran move to help kind of regard, transition himself over to the NHL. What are your thoughts about the Taylor Hall move? Absolutely. I mean, anytime that you have a guy that's going through the exact same, how do I put it? I guess footsteps as, as mm-hmm. what Bedard is doing right now. It's good to have that in the full Taylor Hall knows exactly what it's like. He was the number one overall pick in 2011 um, or 2012 when he and Tyler Sagan were the top two off the board. He knows the pressure of playing in a big hockey market. Edmonton, despite being a small geographic market, is an insane right. hockey market. So, you know, he, he knows what that pressure looks like as a number one overall pick. And having him in the fold, not just from that mentorship standpoint for Bedard and, and likely playing on his left wing, but also from a skill perspective. I think a lot of people forget what Taylor Hall has been because the last few years haven't – he hasn't been the star on any of the teams he's been on in the last three or four years this is a guy that has a heart trophy. I mean, he's been an MVP. This isn't, you know, this isn't a guy that's just coming in and is like, Oh, he's, you know, he's okay. I mean, even as, as recent as, as two years ago, 21, 21, 22, he was a 61 point player for the Boston Bruins had mm-hmm. some injuries last year that kind of derailed his season, but had a really good playoff for them in those seven games against the Florida Panthers. I, I believe it was nine points in seven games for Taylor Hall. So he's still getting it done. He's still relatively young too. I believe he's only 31 years old. Uh, great addition and a guy that's not only going to help Bedard off the ice, but also is going to help Bedard on the ice as well. I think having that mentorship around him, you know, having you know, a guy like Hall, a guy uh, like Corey Perry, you guys who have been around for a little bit, they can only help Bedard, especially like you said. So let's switch gears here, switch gears and talk, you know, the other winter sports, the other uh, uh, occupant of uh, Madison, you know, the UC over there, the Bulls, um, you know, they, they signed Vooch to a little, slightly little lesser contract, you know, three years, you know, 60 million, only 20 million, you know, got a little bit of a kind of a discount. Of course they, you know, Audrey Drum actually opted in. So that's a little bit, that was a little bit of a surprise. So do you see AK and, you know, and, and Mark obviously making another like big move that we're not expecting yet? I, I'm waiting for chaos. It's truly what I'm waiting for when it comes to the Bulls is I'm just, I am waiting for something crazy to happen between now mm-hmm. and let's say the 4th of July, right? Because NBA free agency technically opens today. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's going to be plenty of moves being made. There's rumblings and reports that they're supposedly interested in a guy like Dennis Schroeder who can come in and and be that new starting point guard, obviously with Lonzo Ball's uncertain future in terms of his health. I just, they're, they're so cap strapped right now that they almost have to do something dramatic in order to free up space in order to do things. It either has to be moving on from a player like Zach Levine or moving on from a player like DeMar DeRozan, in my opinion. Two players that I very much love, especially DeMar. DeMar's my guy. He's been my guy since he was a Toronto Raptor. But ultimately, at the end of the day, when you're up against the cap and you're the Bulls and you need to do things, this team was below 500 last season. It's not like they're coming off a three or a four seed and, you know, you're like, oh, we got to retinker and retool and go for it. I mean, this is a team in in, in dire need of some things. So I don't know if they're going to sign that's necessarily a big ticket free agent. I think anything big that happens from the Bulls this weekend is via trades, maybe sign in trades in that sense. Um, 
but they're, they're going to have to free up some dollars. And, and they, I think they just need to change the dynamic of the team because the definition of insanity is, is running it back twice and, and thinking results are going to be different than what they did last year. They have to do something. I don't know what it's going to be, but I, again, I'm ready for the chaos. There is nothing more in this world. I enjoy in the middle of the summer than free agency chaos in all the winter sports. It, it makes my day. Yeah. And, and speaking of chaos uh, with, with the bulls, Ron, uh, what percentage would you give of, uh, AK and Mark Eversley trading Patrick Williams and or Kobe White. I believe both of them, I know Kobe White for sure is a restricted free agent, but uh, give us a percentage from your vantage point of the of the chances are of of the Bulls management trading Kobe Kobe White and or Patrick Williams. Um, I think it it's very possible. I think it's it's highly likely. I, I would give it a better than 50% chance of at least one of them being moved. I, I think, unfortunately, it's going to take one of them being moved in order to truly improve this team. And not necessarily saying that they're bad players and they need to get them off the roster, mm-hmm. but just from you got to match value with value. And, and there's going to be teams that see value in a young, you know, I call him a swing guard because I know he can play the point, but we've seen Kobe play the, the two as well and, and thrive there. You know, he took really big steps toward the end of last season. And, you know, mm-hmm. he's a player that should command some value, especially in a move with maybe a, a Zach Levine or maybe a DeMar DeRozan, especially if a three-team trade becomes available. Um, and P. Will, too. I, I think I, it's so easy, and I, I tell myself this, too, as a Bulls fan, it's so easy to get pissed off with P. Will. And, oh, he's not doing things right. And like the dude can barely legally drink in the United States right now. Like he's, <laughs> you know, so it's, it's trying to, yeah, it's, it's trying to tell yourself like there's the opportunity for him to still develop. And I think that ultimately with P will potentially being moved comes down to, do the bulls think they're contending this year or next year, or the bulls are willing to punt maybe three years down the road to truly being legitimate contenders because if that's the case, I think P. Will stays. If it's not, I think they try to capitalize on his youth and his kind of raw potential still for some other team that's maybe a few years away and try to bring in a veteran that's ready to win now. Talking to our new buddy, Ron Luce from On Tap Sportsnet here on Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago, Lakeena McGee. Sydney Brown with you now, uh, Ron. I mean, I've, I've, I've been... I've been very like vocal on the you know, Bulls Twitter for like you know the whole like rebuild thing. I mean, do you see you know, the Bulls doing kind of like trying to do a rebuild or like you just said? I mean, are they going to try to maybe see if they can try to contend for the next couple of years or whatever? What What do you think? I. What do I think they're going to do versus what I think they should do? I think are two different things. Unfortunately, right. I think they should rebuild because, unfortunately, this team hasn't this team really hasn't been able to do a whole lot in the sense of bringing in star veterans and turning them into quality players. As much as I think they should rebuild, I don't know if this front office or this really this organization in general, and I, it must be something to do with Jerry Reinsdorf for owned teams, but they don't know how to develop talent. I mean, look at guys like Lori Markinen who leave and, and become really good players out in Utah I mean, you look over the years, there's so many guys that failed in Chicago that at least became serviceable NBA players elsewhere. So it, I think they're going to try and be competitive again. I think they think that they have a chance in the East. Obviously, if I had a pick between the East and the West, the East is by far the weaker of the two conferences. But it's just, it's kind of at that point now where they're so middle ground. You can't, 
be just good enough to get yourself out of the elite talent in the NBA drafts in the near future, if you even if you have picks because they've just dealt away their entire future. Or you, you got to be good enough to make the playoffs. Like they're right now just in that, that I call it like purgatory of the NBA. They're stuck in the middle. They're painfully average. They do just enough to sell tickets and that's it. And it's like, if this team's really serious about winning, I think they should rebuild. I think they have the right front office people there to potentially rebuild. They did that with Denver, at least for, for um, Karnasovas at least. And even Eversley in his time with Philly. I just I have a feeling that there's a little guy uh, in the upper office that uh, unfortunately owns the franchise that's going, hey, we uh, we need to compete this year. So go do what you got to do to make this team work. And I unfortunately think that's what they're going to try and do. And I don't think it's the right move, but it's just all the signs to me are pointing that they're just going to try and mix this thing up and then try to run it back and be competitive again in the Eastern Conference. Of course, we all know being stuck in NBA hell it really gets you nowhere. So we'll see what happens with the Bulls at the United Center uh, come next year. As you mentioned, we'll see what they do in free, free, as free agency opens up today. Let's switch, switch, so let's switch over to baseball, because as, as many people know, and for those of you that don't know, Ron also hosts the Cubs on tap, the pre- and post-game show, uh, talking about the Chicago Cubs. And I, I watched some of your um, your post-game from last night, Ron, and I thought you were well on point. Me and Lakina talked about it during our first hour of our show. Of course, the Cubs are – the five games out of the division right now. They start the series against the Cleveland Guardians at Wrigley Field today. Justice still goes on the mound. But we talked about the last series against the Philadelphia Phillies, of course. Some people may blame it on the jet lag a little bit, even though they did get Monday off. But I thought the Phillies came in here and just took it to the Cubs. They outplayed uh, the Cubs in every facet of the, of the game. Now, as far as the Cubs starting pitching, uh, Drew Smalley didn't look good on Wednesday, but – Cal Hendricks looked great last night, except for except for the, the third inning. And Jameson Tyon, I didn't think he looked that bad on Tuesday, but the offense for the Cubs just did not come through. Uh, if you're a Cubs fan, uh, do you throw your hands up in the air right now, or just because the way the NL Central is, you still give them a fighting chance? I think the way the NL Central is, you have to give them a fighting chance. I mean, okay. the Cincinnati Reds, who were predicted to be the bottom feeders of the division this year, went on a 12-game winning streak, are now tied for first place. Like, that's just that's just what the division is this year. It's not very mm-hmm. good. I, the only division, in my opinion, in baseball that's worse is the other central on the other side of the league in the AL. <laughs> you know, it's, it's the two centrals. They're the worst divisions in baseball. It's just the way it is. So. You know, I, I really do think the Cubs, at least in terms of their bats, are really suffering from the two international flights in four days. I, I think yeah. that has tripped them out completely. I think the MLB failed both teams, truthfully, in, in terms of the scheduling around having to go eight hours one way and eight hours back the other way with incredible time difference. I mean, a six-hour time difference between Chicago and and uh, and London. I, I think that has thrown them off, at least in this series. I'm hoping now that we inch into the weekend, they've acclimated a little more and they can get back to playing some of the baseball that we saw them running into that London series we're playing and sweeping the Pirates in two consecutive series, taking two out of three against the Baltimore Orioles and so forth. Um, but I think they're still in it. You're getting, you know, Drew Smiley, I think, was a blip on the radar on Wednesday, having a bad outing. He's been really good at home all season mm-hmm. long. Kyle Hendricks has looked incredible since he's been back entering his start last night. He had a 140 ERA in his last three outings, still is under three for the entire season. And then you have Steele and Strowman right now, who are probably going to be two of the three finalists for the NL Cy Young if things keep going the way that they're going right now. So I, I, 
this team's got a chance and they've shown they can hit with the guys in this lineup. They just, I think they just need to reacclimate to the time zone and just, and honestly, last night they had opportunities to win. They still had seven mm-hmm. hits. You had three extra base hits throughout the course of those seven. They just could not drive in runners in scoring position. One for 10 last night with runners in scoring position. That's just not going to get the job done. I don't care how many guys you put on base. If you can't drive them in, it's never going to matter. So if they can can get that solved, offense consistency has been their biggest thing all season long so far. If they can just play somewhat consistent offensively, three to four runs a game, that's all That's all they need, really, with how the pitching's mm-hmm. been. If they can do that, I think they absolutely still have a fighting chance. Plus, they got four games on the set with Milwaukee next week. Uh, those could be a really big four games for both teams uh, in the NL Central standings here in the near future. Yeah, definitely. It could be a four-game swing uh, there. Let's talk about that other uh, division for a second. It was Sid, Sid, Sid's the, I'm sure he told you he's the, the White Sox fan over there, uh, the two <laughs> of us. Uh, what do you think of the, about their chances? You know, they split their series against the Angels, especially you know, after Otani you know, does what he does for pretty much everybody. So uh, what do you think of the Sox chances in the AL Central? You know, it, all it takes is them to have one significant run to be back in this division in the AL central. Unfortunately, it just, they're just lacking. And it's, I don't even know how to necessarily quantify it. It just, it feels like there's no energy in the ball club. I think that's the best way to put it, right? This team has consistently failed in terms of, you know, developing their prospects. They had the high touted, you know, names come in in the forms of guys like Luis Robert. And I mean, Eloy just can't stay on the field. That's neither here nor there. You know, but even guys like Yohan Moncada and even Andrew Vaughn, another guy that they rushed to the big leagues because they needed the talent on the roster. And, you know, I mean, two really good games at the end of that Angels series. You put up nine and 11 runs, respectively. They're showing what they can do. I mean, Luis Roberts, arguably one of the hottest players in baseball right now. Nobody talks about him just because he plays for the White Sox. It's not a shot at the White Sox. It's just the nature of the beast in terms of national Mm -hmm. coverage. But he's been very good. And. They're getting good pitching out of guys like Dylan Cease. Lucas Giolito had a great month of June. They really, A, need consistent pitching from guys like Lance Lynn. They need consistent pitching. They need guys to be healthy. I think that was the biggest thing. Any conversation I had with any of my friends that were White Sox fans with the Sox on tap guys here at OnTap Sportsnet, they had five rotation pieces that looked really good on paper, and all it was going to take was one or two of them to have a bad season or injury and it was all going to go downhill because your your first guy up in Davis Martin had TJ mm-hmm. earlier this season, so he's gone. You know now they're they might have to use two bullpen games against the A's this weekend just because of the the state of that rotation. They don't have pitching depth, and I, I think that's what's ultimately going to hurt them. They're showing the offense can put up the runs when when the bats are hot. I just don't know if they're going to have the consistent enough pitching outside of Giolito and Cease, who both might be gone at the trade deadline, who knows to <laughs> potentially catch, you know, the, the twins and the guardians in this division, because, you know, the twins are the big money team in the AL central, which feels so weird to say. <laughs> and The guardians are just the guardians. Like they, they, there's a reason the Cubs poached Carter Hawkins. The guardians are good for no reason every year with one of the lowest payrolls in baseball. So, and they're continuing to show it right now. They've, they've caught the, the twins in the division race and it's, you know, it's a two horse race right now at the top of that division. Um, hopefully the Cubs can, can help out your white Sox Sydney this weekend and, and uh, beat up on the guardians a little bit. I'm, I need it for my own sanity. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I just, 
I think they need a lot of things to go right and health to their pitching staff is certainly one of them right now in order to, to truly be competitive in the sale central this year. Of course, Pedro Grafal, the first year manager for the White Sox, walked into a no-win situation. And I think it's safe to say that the honeymoon is over. Of course, of course, every manager, whether they're new to, or been a veteran for many years, their moves are going to get questioned. Of course, one of them for Pedro Grafal is putting Jake Berger at the eighth spot during that last game of the Seattle series. I didn't understand. And, of course, uh, the way they managed the Tim Anderson's situation right now, I know he busted out a little bit yesterday, but he should have been on the I.L. personally. But that's neither here or there. But uh, throughout the first half of the year, what grade would you give Mr. Grafal for his, for, his, uh, for his time in Chicago? Is a D plus being nice? I feel like that's. that's I think so. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I think it's fair. <laughs> I, I think it is fair. And you know what? It, and this is the thing. I think this is why I do enjoy when I do talk White Sox with my White Sox friends because I don't have a, a blood affiliation to the team, so I can take a step back and look at it, you know, and just for what it is. And it's 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 not a manager problem. It's not a talent on the field problem. It's an organizational problem. Mm-hmm. Like it's the organization failing itself. They can't develop the talent that they do get because look at the whites. They've had plenty of talent come through the doors in the course of just the last 20 years. Jose Abreu is probably one of the best first basemen the MLB seen in the last 10 years. The only reason he didn't get talked about more is because he played for a, a, a team that operates like a small market in, in the White Sox. But you've got Luis Robert, who I sit here and I've told White Sox fans, I think he wins two MVPs before he retires. He's that good. I mean, he's he just needs to stay healthy, but he's that good of a player that on a competitive White Sox team, he's 100 percent the face of the franchise. They, you know, they just don't know how to develop talent. And I think for that reason alone, it doesn't matter who you put in there. They could have done the exact same thing, in my opinion, with Ozzie Guillen this year, a guy that I, I was very fortunate enough to I actually got to work with a little bit in one of my, my jobs when I was in college. Awesome guy, you know, and, and I, I love his takes on the White Sox because he's brutally honest. But I, even I think Ozzy walks into that situation and fails. It, like you said, Sid, it's a no-win situation for whoever's managing this ball club right now because they just refuse to to give the manager the tools they need to win. You know, And I think that kind of maybe is what's crazy is, is Tony La Russa got this team to win. I, I don't know. I know that's a, that's been a very a sensitive subject, I know, in, in the land of, of the White Sox, but <laughs> – but it just it really does go to show that I don't think this organization does enough to support their managers. That being said, though, I, I think Rafol has could have done things better. Um, I've had the same type of, of questions for for David Ross at times this year as a Cubs fan in terms of lineup construction and why Christopher Morrell was batting seventh for so long. And finally, they put him back up at three. And my my the steam in my head is cooled a little bit at least, but I just, I think Rafol got put in a no win situation. And for that, he gets a no win grade, which to me is a D plus. Oh, pretty. Oh, ooh, ooh, Ron's great on the curve there. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Ron, let, let's go to what could be somewhat some good news here. Of course, you got the bears. Bears going to be starting training camp in about a month from now. Of course, we all thought all the moves and, and whatnot, you know, can, can fields get a breakthrough season and can, you know, the bears contend in a, a NFC North. I think you asked the most important question to what this Bears season will be. And is, is that Justin, can Justin Fields take that third year leap as a quarterback? To me, that is what the season rests on. 
without a single question. That is what the season rests on. I don't think they're done adding, truthfully. I think once training camp comes and you start to see some of those veteran cuts occur in training camp, especially on the defensive line, which is clearly the one position group that they've neglected the most, I would say offensive line might be the second most neglected on the team, even though, yes, they acquired Nate Davis and and they, you know, drafted Darnell Wright. I think they'll they'll find ways to add depth there when they when they can. But to me, if Fields plays like Fields did last year, this team wins seven games. If Fields takes that third-year leap that we're all hoping he does, this team absolutely can win the NFC North. The NFC North, I think, is going to be a horrendous division this year. I don't think the Vikings are that good. They had to, they had to get rid of things in terms of key players. Uh, Zadarius Smith was one of the guys that they had to trade, uh, among others that they've had to move. I just that again, and they were also the worst 13 win team I've seen in my entire life last season. They had a negative point differential. I've never seen that in my entire life. (laughs) And then on top of that, I think Detroit's going to be the team to beat truthfully, but I see a world where Detroit wins nine games. So the bears realistically could be in the hunt for most of the season for the NFC North. I, 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 I think the team up north is is going to get a good reality check, and they certainly need it because they've had 20 years of bliss and they don't understand pain as a football fan. <laughs> but I, I really do think that as long as Justin Fields takes that leap and we see those noticeable strides, mostly as a passer, and we, we, we saw it at times. He can absolutely throw the football. There's no question there. I think the additions of the talent, having a guy, a consistent option like DJ Moore on the outside, hopefully two healthy forms of of Darnell Mooney and whatever you get out of a guy like Chase Claypool, uh, maybe a, a, an ascension from a, a youngster like Scott, who they took in the fifth round out of Cincinnati. And then you, you, you have Robert Tanyan, who thrived in that Green Bay offense under Getze, and Cole Komet, who had a very good season last year, despite you know terrible offensive numbers in, in totality. I, I absolutely think they can win the NFC North, but the biggest, biggest, biggest what if is does Justin take that third-year leap as a quarterback? We're wrapping up with our new friend of the show, Mr. Ron Luce of ONTAP Sportsnet, right here on Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago. Sid Lacan here with you. Ron, last question for me. Of course, I've been following you guys for the last few years at ONTAP Sportsnet. You and your uh, great contributors. We had Bet Brad Buzzquires on our podcast a couple of years ago. He's mm-hmm. been great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you guys have been making some moves too over the last couple of years. So tell us how you, did you get started and where's your future of Ontas Sportsnet going? Yeah, we got started. Long story short, I met um, Tony Marchese, who is our, our owner and our, as we call him, the El Prez of the group. Mm-hmm. Um, I met him and we started up with, with another guy. We met Buzz and and juice and and on tap was formed back in 2019 uh april 2019 tax day ironically is our uh <laughs> anniversary um and yeah ever since then we've we've been growing we've been you've been trying to take this thing as far as we can we cover all the major teams we we try to do our best covering some of the smaller teams in the city as well and you know hopefully uh the ascension continues and I know for for some of the teams that I help do coverage for, obviously uh, I'm on the the Bears on Tap podcast. I help manage the Cubs on the Cubs on Tap podcast, and then obviously Four Feathers. We actually just did a Four Feathers show before I jumped on with you guys. Um, yeah. You know, it, it, all three teams have been fun now, and, and they're starting that ascension into what's hopefully contention in the near future. We've kind of been robbed as, as an overall. Um, organization because in the last four years Chicago sports really haven't been that great 
Uh, the Cubs, you know, fell apart in 2019 and then the big sell off. The Hawks have been bad. The Bulls had the one year of, of bliss and then they've fallen off. The Sox had their one year of bliss and fallen off. So, you know, that seemed like 20 years ago. <laughs> I know, I know, right? It feels like forever ago. I just, I think for us, I think we're all just craving good sports in Chicago mm-hmm. because I think we've been a little robbed over the last four years of that. So, Hopefully now is is not only a new era in, in some of the Chicago sports teams like we discussed with the Blackhawks, but uh, hopefully a new era in on-tap Sportsnet as well. And we're looking forward to, to taking this thing as far as it'll take us. Awesome. Wish you nothing but great success. And uh, thank you so much for joining us today, Ron. Where people can find your stuff, you know, your contributor stuff, and you know, on YouTube, on social media, all that other great stuff. Yeah, you can find me personally uh, at Loose on Tap. I'm most active on Twitter. Um, you can find all of us at ONTAP Sportsnet is our overall entity name. Uh, ONTAPSportsnet.com is where you can find all of our writings and podcasts. Um, you can also follow our YouTube channel and Facebook pages. That's where we do all of our live shows through um, for everything. Socks on Tap, Four Feathers, Cubs on Tap, Bears on Tap, Bulls on Tap, etc. Um, and yeah, uh, ONTAPSportsnet.com and at ONTAP Sportnet, uh, Sportsnet on social media is where, uh, is where you can find all of our great work. All right, Ron, thank you very much for joining us today and making your debut right here on Second City Sports. Uh, as Lakina said, much continued success. We'll definitely have you back here on this program again very soon, but perhaps during the fall, during the bear season, uh, whether it's good, whether it's bad, or in between, uh, this bears, upcoming bear season should be interesting, to say the least. <laughs> so we'd like to have you back to talk bears. Hey, I, w- I would love to come back. Uh, I'm always happy to join you guys. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. All right, thank you. Have a great holiday weekend, Thanks, okay? You too. Take care, both. All right. Thanks, Ron. Stay safe. All right. That was Ron Luce from ontapsportsnet.com. Of course, you can uh, follow all his stuff uh, on ontapsportsnet.com. So, yeah, all the stuff's right there. You know, like I said, we're definitely going to have him back on now. All right. So, we got to take a two and two, as they say. Uh, take a little bit of a beat here. <sighs> I know, right? A little stretchy. So, but after <laughs> the break. Massive layoffs over at ESPN. Some big names were let go today, we'll tell you. And also, too, on the good side, though, uh, a future Hall of Fame defensive end has found, has picked a place where he's going to be doing his, uh, to start his broadcast career. All that and a whole lot more. Lakina McGee, Cindy Brown, Second City Sports, on Sports Show Chicago. We'll wrap things up, coming up right after this. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks? They can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. 
And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things. None of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. <laughs> Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. Welcome back to our, the last break of the show for today and for this long holiday weekend. You're listening to the Friday edition of Second City Sports right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's SIDKIDA0. That's SIDKIDA0. You can follow my Kina McGee on the Twitter and Akina's going to get the IG. Okay, we got less than 25 minutes left of this extravaganza. So we call the Sports Talk Radio Show. So you want to get those last minute questions or comments into us, you can go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or at Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in those questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. And just a daily reminder, especially during this long holiday weekend for many of you, you can get Sports on Chicago now available on Roku TV. Yeah, so now you get the time to, if you got a four or a five-day weekend in some cases, you can you know, mm-hmm. catch up on all, all your episodes of our show and all the other shows right here on uh, Sports on Chicago. So it's all right there for you. Yes. Lakina, let's get into some sports media news. You teased it before the break. Uh, ESPN has been having massive layoffs of, uh, for the past year. They had one earlier this year. And now, unfortunately, for this holiday weekend, they have an, um, they had another massive uh, layoff, uh, of course, with 20 names, uh, most of them on air of talent. And some of the names that have been uh, released have included Matt Hasselbeck, Todd McShay, which is another shocking one that just came down the pipeline a few minutes ago. Of course, Susie Colbert, Steve Young. Lavonso Ellis of the College Basketball Analyst, and of course Keyshawn Johnson, Max Kellerman, 
Perhaps Jay Williams was not on that list, but he's in flux right now. Of course, Jalen Rose and Jeff Van Gundy from the NBA coverage, all of them have been let go due to these massive layoffs. Of course, these layoffs are, are occurring because of the cutting the cord from uh, many subscribers. And then uh, as we talked about before, they go into streaming. Um, they are on, uh, folks that want their own shows um, watch what they want, when they want it. They want to stream. They don't want to pay for cable anymore. And the way we view our live sports and just television in general is changing. Yeah, absolutely. And it's unfortunate, too, like you said, of, uh, amongst other names, also, too, uh, ESPN is also unlikely. This is according to uh, Mike McCarthy from uh, Front Office Sports that uh, Vince Carter's contract was, it will expire in September, will probably very likely not be renewed um, also to Steve Young as well and Susie Culver, who's been there right, like 27 years. I remember growing up watching her, you know, growing up, you know, as when ESPN two was first a thing. So mm-hmm. a little bit surprising with some of the names, but again, well, we'll keep you guys updated in case there are, or there are going to be more names um, available. But yeah, I mean, some some were not surprised. I mean, you know, they look they you know, they got rid of uh, you know they they canceled uh, Keyshawn J. Will and Max. You thought that Max was you know Max Kelber was going to be let go, of course, especially with Pat McAfee taking over that slot. We knew mm-hmm. that Keyshawn was expendable. So I'm guessing this is the case here. Thomas Sham a little surprised by since he's sort of like the top, like, you know, draft expert, if you will. So I'm a little surprised that he got let go. Jason Fitz from uh, ESPN Radio, who's been there for, I think, like almost a decade. He's been let go to on the ESPN mm-hmm. Radio side. So, yeah, some of the late, also, I mean, you know, I want to keep my little personal opinions to myself because I think there should be some other folks' names that should be on this, but they but they probably won't be. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to. Right, we'll leave that alone. Yeah, yeah. That I was thinking the same right thing now. this morning, but I'm not going to bring that to the airways. <laughs> no, no, we're not. So this is about the folks that are that have been let go. So, yeah, so if you feel for a lot of those people, you got to think, assuming that some of the people might, I'm sure they're going to land elsewhere. I mean, Lafonso Ellis, you know, a guy that's been there, I think, like almost 12 years doing college hoops. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. CBS and uh, Fox will probably, you know, be my first services too. Uh, it's just that some of these guys probably going. Of course, you get look Skip Bayless. You look for for somebody to uh, for his Fox show. You got to think. Look, look, there's two, you know, potential can- candidates right there. You got uh, Max Kellerman and uh, Jayla Rose, and even Keyshawn. So you got a couple of names right there that could probably have to fill that slot. So it's a little weird that how a lot of this has changed in the last few years. I mean. You thought that maybe ESPN, you know, working there would be the end all be all, but you know, with all these layoffs, especially in the last few years, especially today, mm-hmm. you, you feel for a lot of these people because all of them are very talented. I'm sure most will probably land on their feet should they continue to, uh, you know, to you know to pursue it. But yeah, it's a little shocking. So this is a, a dark day for ESPN today. I have two angles on this, Lakina. You brought the first mm-hmm. one up, so I'll, I'll do that first. Regarding to with Skip Bayless and Fox, of course, Shannon Sharp left the show following the NBA Finals. It looks like he may have his own show soon, so we'll stay tuned for that and we'll talk about it. But as far as uh, the, the show Undisputed, like I said, he has some candidates. I think it's going to come down to the final two, in my opinion, if they want to do it. And that's Jalen Rose and Keyshawn Johnson. You need star power to go along with Skip Bellis for that quality of that show. Both of them can talk other sports besides basketball. Remember, Keyshawn was doing, of course, with the radio show, both locally in Los Angeles, of course, nationally these last few years with, <clears throat> with excuse me, with uh, Keyshawn, J. Will, and, and Max. Jalen Rose, he had, uh, he was, remember, he was one of the original co-hosts to get up with Mike Greenberg and Michelle Beadle. Of course, they changed up that show. Of course, it's now the Mike Greenberg show get up. We all know what that is. But Jalen Rose also did a show with now, I think still 
ex-ESPN or uh, David Jacoby, well, Jalen Jacoby, they talked about other sports as well. Of course, it was mainly surrounded by basketball, but they talked about other sports as well. So I think that Skip Bayless is, a, is in a – you cannot lose in this situation. If both of them want to do – I'm talking about Keyshawn Johnson and Jalen Rose, if they want to go over the Fox and do Undisputed. And plus, with Fox Sports 1's NBA coverage – Chris Broussard, I think he's still the main analyst over there, but he has first things first. And, of course, he has an odd couple radio show at night, so they don't use him as much outside those two show, daily shows he has to do. But the only other guy they use as far as the NBA expert is concerned in terms of across their radio and TV platforms is Rick Buger, who does a darn good job. But if, if they can convince to get Jalen Rose over there, and you could use him besides just undisputed, you could use him as far as talking NBA press, perhaps getting his on podcast started over there as well. Yeah, that's a, that, 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 look. I know Boston having their various issues as well, so you know mm-hmm. that could be something that they may look into. We'll see. I mean, I mean, see some of the names. I mean, I think you, you feel for some of these folks because, like you said, they they've been there for at least in some cases like, like over a decade. So mm-hmm. it's a little bit disconcerting that some of these people, or you know, of course, you get you know Susie Cobble who's been there twenty seven years. Um, you know, I know that uh, I think, you know, Steve Young has been there, I think, like 18 years or something like that. So you feel for those folks, you know, because of the fact that I know uh, Ashley Brewer, who was, who was a rising star there, you thought that made you a little surprised that she got the boot. But, you know, June Lee, who is a, base, a popular uh, baseball uh blogger if you will for espn.com you know he was also let go too so it's not just on the on-air side also on the uh, mm-hmm. little bit on the uh the colonist side as well so it's a little bit yeah it is a sort of definitely a sad day for uh you know for that network and uh we'll see if some of these people decide to go go where you know go somewhere else here's the single second angle i'll bring to you right now of course uh, i'm in the group chat with the guys from the old dean davis show from back in the day I, i've got i've I forgot who brought this up. I think it was Kyle Means, our teammate at Warm Media. Don't forget the NBA rights, TV, national yep. TV rights up, is yep. up in a couple of years. And if you read the reports, and we'll bring this in a little bit now, that NBC has been heavily involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the reports, if you read the reports the last couple of days, they really want the NBA back. And some of those guys that were let go, especially from the NBA side with Jeff Van Gundy and Jalen Rose, especially if Jalen Rose uh, – it does decides not to go to Fox for whatever reason. You can sit out a year or two, and and if NBC gets the rights to the NBA, you can bring him along. You can bring Jeff Van Gundy along to has perhaps relaunch relaunch the new NBA on NBC. Mm-hmm. Should they get the rights from the NBA? Yeah, I think that's something that could be something that they might be thinking about too. So I think that's probably the universe mm-hmm. of these cuts. So. Maybe that is something that they decide to do, especially if should NBC, if they just get one game a week or probably like streaming on Peacock or whatever. Mm-hmm. So maybe they'll bring back the, uh, the the round ball rock song. But it's it's sort of interesting. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I think they could definitely see that happening. That should be uh, interesting, especially if, if, like, like I said, if NBC does get some NBA rights. I mean, there are some reports that maybe they may want to kind of cut back on their coverage a little bit. So that might pay the way for an NBC or an Amazon to perhaps maybe sneak in there, of course, especially on the streaming side of the Amazon. And of course, NBC, they can stream their stuff through Peacock. So this mm-hmm. is going to get very, it, there's a lot of layers to this. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens. But yeah, it should these next couple of years is going to be interesting. Yeah, as we said before, regarding the NBA and the streaming rights uh, and the fees, they're the only uh, league out of the four uh, major sports here in the United States that don't have, they do not have a game, uh, uh, exclusive rights streaming deal. Of course, that's going to change soon in the next couple of years. 
Well, they if ESPN re-ups with the NBA, they you know ESPN Plus or they say, well, we can put a couple of games on ESPN Plus per week. You know, we could do this as we we have it all right here. Or mm-hmm. like you say, if NBC gets it, uh, they could put them on Peacock as well. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know, don't forget about Apple TV. You mentioned Amazon. Don't forget about Apple TV as well. Google TV, of course, you know they own YouTube TV. Of course, that's the new home for for NFL Sunday tickets starting this fall. So. Uh, the NBA is going to have some options to put some of their games on streaming. Uh, I know they haven't had it yet, but in a couple of years, it's coming. For those of you that don't like it, I know there's some of you that don't, but it's coming, folks, for the NBA. It's coming. Yeah, it is what it is um, with that. I'll speak of streaming, uh, NFL Network, um, you know, this is actually personal to me because uh, I have UVerse. You know, we lost you, uh, NFL Network a couple of years ago when AT&T, for whatever reason, decided to pull the network from there. But, you know, some good news, you know, kind of came across the wires on Tuesday. Not only will uh, an NFL Network will be back on AT&T, U-verse, I mean, on U-verse, it's just U-verse now. Also, too, is re is seen with Direct TV as well. They're all the one conglomerate now. But also, too, we're going to get NFL Red Zone with Scott Hansen. So, you know, a little bit, you know, some good news there. Uh, those of you who have a choice, uh, choice uh, uh, package and above on Direct TV, and those of you who have U-verse 200, on UVerse, you'll get access to, NF, uh, to NFL Network. Also, if you get NFL Sunday Ticket, it'll be on the, in uh, the Premier uh, tier uh, on UVerse. And uh, the Sports Pack, of course, will be part of a separate package on uh, DirecTV. So you'll still have a chance. And I think and I think there are two folds. This, I think one, I think they want to bring the NFL. I know the NFL was not, not very happy when uh, then ATT UVerse decided to pull uh, NFL Network from them, mm-hmm. from that lineup. But also too, with the glitches that are allegedly happened over a uh, over a YouTube over a YouTube TV, especially what we have with the NBA uh, Finals, him during the playoffs, yeah. <laughs> they, say, they probably want to NFL probably wants to cover their bases. So this is probably I'm um, happy. I think they'll I think they'll it'll come uh, in August, I believe, like early August, like right right near like near like halfway through uh, the preseason. But uh, yeah, this is a uh, good news for me personally. <laughs> Uh, of course, you know, I have Xfinity. So the, we went through this early last month. I know not too many people reported it at the time, but it was just for one day the NFL Network was flat down on my cable set. But the next day, well, we're back with an agreement with the Xfinity. I said, like, yes, thank goodness. Woo-hoo! And of course, you know me, uh, you know me uh, as well as, uh, you know, with, when it comes to football, watching football, like, you know, I, I, yes. I love, I love that red zone. I know, Andrew Siciliano does the version for Direct TV, but Scott Hansen is the best uh, doing it for uh, for the other versions. And uh, of course, I have my game of the week on my computer, and of course, on the main screen, I have NFL Red Zone. And sometimes for the other games, you know, I put Red Zone on the computer in the other yeah. games via my uh, television screen. So NFL Sundays, <laughs> well, will is is not complete unless I have Red Zone. Of course, as we talked about before. Uh, people watch their sports uh, in various ways. They watch their sports um, uh, through various streams, and especially when the f- football season uh, comes along. Of course, you have all the early games on Sundays at 12 noon Chicago time. Of course, you have a few games slotted in the late afternoons. Of course, you watch one game on the big screen. You watch some others via your phone or your laptop like I'm doing our show right now. And so with the NFL uh, – those, those eyeballs are uh, sticking to those those screens, whether it's your television, your phone, or your laptop. Uh, the NFL is changing, so 
Uh, so get ready for uh, for that. As Lakina talked about, now the NFL is on on universe, uh, NFL Network's back on Universe TV. Of course, you're listening to Second City Sports and Sports on Chicago City. The kid here riding solo for, for solo dolo for the moment. Of course, hopefully Lakina will we join us before we close up shop for today. But here's some breaking news uh, just just coming in right now via Twitter. This is the NBA Central uh, from their Twitter account. Uh, according to uh, Jake L. Fisher from Yahoo Sports, he says, and I quote from the ring directly from his tweet here from uh, NBA Central, the Bulls could emerge as potential destination for uh, James Harden, Zach Levine, and DeMar DeRosa are the names to monitor. Quote, Chicago would be one potential trade partner to keep in mind, as the Bulls have made Zach Levine available in conversations this offseason, sources said, and could also send an all-star such as DeMar DeRozan back to Philadelphia. I want to ask Bulls fans and those out there uh, uh, listening and watching us right here on Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Uh, I want to ask you guys this and you can type in your answers uh, in the comment section. Would you welcome James Harden into the city of Chicago should the Bulls get this deal done? As we had our guest on from, from our last break, Mr. Ron Luce from All Time Sportsnet. Uh, the the plan is simple. If the Bulls want to uh, make some free agency, free agency moves, make some big uh, splashes, they they're gonna have to trade one of the uh, big three guys, and Nikolai Vucevic, who they just resigned the other day. Of course, Zach Levine, who they signed around this time last summer. Of course, Demar Derozan, his contract is gold right now because he has one year left, and he's going to be a free agent next summer. Would you welcome James Harden to the city of Chicago? Me personally, is it's a bold move for the Chicago Bulls, but let's be honest here. James Harden is still a good offensive player, but he doesn't bring it defensively. He can score with the best of them. He's one of the best um, best scorers uh, in the game today, one of the best uh, in his era during his time. But I don't think right now that you need more than James Harden for this Bulls team to get back into playoff contention and to get back into championship form. I think it will be a start, but I don't know if that's – a, a good idea to bring James Harden in. His his game transcends to the regular season. He's great during the regular season, but during the playoffs, as we talked about before, as Lakina rejoins me now, as James Harden, uh, as the playoffs always begins, James Harden usually disappears in the playoffs, and, and I'm not sure that that it's going to work, especially for those Bulls team. As Lakina rejoins me again, of course, I'm reading the tweet that just came out about 20 minutes ago, the courtesy of NBA Central and I.E. Jake Fisher's report from Yahoo Sports. James Harden, uh, one of his destinations could include the Chicago Bulls. Names potential being mentioned in a trade, Lakina, potentially to the Bulls, Zach Levine, and or DeMar DeRosa, according to sources. Is Jake talking to uh, the, the concession folks over at the UC again? Because I feel like this is sort of like worse of work. <laughs> I mean, you really think that James Harden's going to fit uh, in uh, uh, Billy Donovan's system? I mean, it kind of feels like, I don't know. I mean, it's just, I just, I'm kind of skeptical of it happening. I mean, it's just like, I think there are other places where he could go to win it. You know, this Bulls team is not, you know, ready for a championship just yet. So he's going to want to mm-hmm. go someplace where they win. And I think that's not going to be the case here. So we'll, we'll see what happens with that. But like I said, I just don't see that part of it happening. Look, we've seen like crazy things mm-hmm. happen, you know, free agency so far. But, you know, I just don't see it. But, you know, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Like I said before, before you rejoined me. I, I get it as a start, but if it's just James Harden and a bunch of other role players, it's not going to get it done. He's not young anymore. Uh, he's still a very good player. He's at the uh, at the twilight of his career, but 
You cannot ask him to carry a franchise, especially a franchise like the Bulls. It's not going to happen, so I just don't see it happening. Let's go back to sports media news for a second here. I said uh, J.J. <laughs> Watts uh, made the announcement himself on Wednesday. Uh, he actually had the wrong hat on. He actually had a CBS hat instead of saying CBS, <laughs> which is pretty funny. Which is pretty funny. I know he made that made a joke about that. Yeah, he's going to be joining CBS Sports um, during their NFL Today cover. Of course, he'll join, um, of course, uh, J.B. Boomer, Nate Burleson, uh Bill Sims and and you know, of course of course Coach Cower. I think it's going to be a great, especially with uh, CBS having the Super Bowl this year. I think this is definitely having someone of uh, JJ Watts, someone who just you know freshly retired and everything else. I think he's definitely going to be the guy that can kind of help with you know sort of like you know bridging that gap between you know I know I know Burles is still good, but he's been out of the game for a while. You know he just retired. I'm talking about JJ Watts, so. Very excited for this mm-hmm. uh, move uh, for for CBS. I think look he had it. Look he had his uh, offers from other places. I mean, I know uh, NFL Network really wanted him. I know uh, NBC wanted him for uh, their Big Ten football coverage. Of course, he's a all two time All Big Tener mm-hmm. from uh, Wisconsin. So, but yeah, I think this is probably the best move for him, and, and he probably will do it every single week. But he is going to be part of. I'm sure they'll. I'm sure they'll work it out as as it goes on. But yeah, it should be interesting though to see what happens there. As we mentioned with JJ, why he had he has that it factor now. Everyone has that. Of course, he played the game like so. You, you need some fresh ideas, some fresh thoughts of how how to talk about NFL football. Of course, he was one of the big personalities in the game when he played. So I think that transition is going to take time, but I don't think it's going to be too much of a rough landing for JJ. White. I think it's going to be fine. Don't forget they have Matt Ryan over there as well. So mm-hmm. it's nice to see some new fresh faces. And some uh, new new thought and new ideas for a while, you know. For a while, you know, we get used to uh, having our favorite uh, personalities talk whatever sports or whatever topics they uh, they are expertise on. But sometimes you need new voices and new faces, and I think JJ Watt and Matt Ryan for CBS will will do that. Absolutely, it'll be interesting, especially with Matt Ryan. We'll see how. You know what's going to be the order for uh, for the uh, the CBS uh, NFL uh, coverage because remember Tiki Barber is going to be doing a full season two this year as well as some yes. news that kind of came across the, uh, the pike earlier this week. So it'll be interesting to see how it's going to be shuffling, especially with your great Gubble now no longer doing it. So that's good. You know, just see some little bit of shuffling going on over there at CBS Sports and the NFL coverage. I, I hope hope I hope our buddy Spiro Diaz does uh gets a full uh, season. <laughs> you know, this, yeah, uh, you think, like you said, since Grant Gobble, Chicago's very young, is is retiring from doing NFL football. You, you would think because CBS has been good for um, uh, moving up people. I know what's his face now is the voice of college basketball. I need, of course, it. he still does TV for the Brooklyn Nets, and of course, he does some gigs here and there for NBA TV slash Turner Sports. So uh, he's finally getting his chance. Of course, you would think that Spiro Diaz, uh, he does multiple sports as well, of course, not only football, but the NBA as well. So you would think they'll move him up for uh, for this upcoming season. I hope that happens. Yeah, I do too, because he definitely deserves his, and he has paid his dues. Also, too, yes, yeah, could be interesting to see who they pair Matt Ryan up with, but also Tiki as well. So it'll be interesting since they're both going to be doing, uh, you know, did do a full seasons. It'll be interesting to see who they pair him up with, and mm-hmm. we'll see if uh, Tony Romo's on the, on the hot seat. Because remember, it remember it came out that that of course you know, the other the execs had to kind of give him a little bit of a talking to because you know he hasn't been prepared yeah. really. So that's another thing they're going to have to be looking out for because you got Charles Davis who's really good waiting in the wings. So at number yeah. two spot. So we'll we'll see. 
Yeah, like you say, he's in the number two spot with the Iron Eagle. So, like you said, that this is the big year for CBS. They have the Super Bowl this year. So, uh, things still shape out the way they want to be, like you said, especially in this industry. Uh, the changes come and they come quickly. Absolutely. So, uh, any other uh, media news you wanted to tackle before we uh, wrap it up? Uh, I want to get your thoughts quickly about the NFL suspended four players due to uh, due to gambling. Of course, you know, of course, now all four of these uh, professional leagues, of course, NFL, MLB, NHL, NBA, they're involved with these gambling leagues with Draft Kings and FanDuel. Uh, for the NFL, just to make a long story short, uh, they they promote gambling. You just cannot gamble within their premises, i.e., the practice field or the actual stadiums that you play in during our game days, but. The NFL is going to have to make it clear on what you should and should not do, and as far as gambling, because you 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 can only police players for so long uh, if they're on your facilities. But uh, this is kind of confusing to me. The NFL has got to hash hash out uh, the gambling policies and make it very clear uh, to these players and coaches on when or when not to gamble. If you tell them just simply not to gamble on NFL premises, cool. But if there's some other innuendo in there that people don't understand, it's going to cause problems. I mean, it's Jesus. I, you know, it, it's it's pretty simple, right? I mean, it's not. It's actually not that hard. I mean, you would think that maybe you know, the rules say that, hey, look, you can do this and this and this, but you can't do it, you know, there. So mm -hmm. it's just it's it's not really rocket science. So it's hard to believe that there are, there are players that mm -hmm. either you know can't do it or don't want to do it or thought they couldn't get caught doing it. So. It's just like interesting because you know the, the whole thing with all the uh, the suspensions in the NFL, uh, you know, gambling suspensions and such. You got, mm -hmm. of course, you know, everyone thought that maybe you, you knew you knew that there were gonna be guys that got caught. Of course, Calvin really got caught um, last year. Uh, you know, Isaiah Rogers, among others. You know, they were caught this year, and a few other mm -hmm. players were suspended. So it, it's just like. You know, hopefully this will give you know, people. I know, I know that um, some players have blasted. Uh, I know uh, Jonathan Jones from the from the Patriots. He blasted the, the suspensions, but you kind of you, you want to keep the integrity of the league, you know, in that aspect of it down. So you don't want to, mm -hmm. you know, be questioning, you know, the integrity of it, you know, because you know guys are gambling on it. You know, you just don't want that to happen. And I think not just the NFL, but none of the, none of the sports want to have that seen. So you know, I'm sure exactly this will NFL will probably start putting their foot down. I think. Yeah, you will, we'll see what happens with that situation. On that note, Lakina, it's been a great show right here on Second City Sports, the Friday edition, the uh, extended holiday edition of Second City Sports on Sports Channel Chicago. We'd like to thank Mr. Ron Luce from ONTAP Sportsnet for joining us here today. We're talking all things Chicago sports. Uh, go to ONTAPSportsnet.com to check out his work along with his other uh, bandmates. And we're going to have him back on this program again in the future, especially come bear season. Uh, it's going to be an interesting season, football season, to say the least. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan on the IG. Of course, you can catch uh, this show, Second City Sports, uh, every Monday, except for this Monday, because we're going to be off for the uh, July 4th mm -hmm. holiday. And every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time right here on uh, Sports of Chicago on our Facebook and YouTube pages. And don't forget, we'll be back on Wednesday. Since we won't be here on Monday, we'll be back for a special edition of Second City Sports on Wednesday. So you want to get us twice, not quite back-to-back -back days, but you know what we mean. So we won't be here with you guys on Monday as we're enjoying the holiday weekend with the rest of you guys. But we'll be back on Wednesday at 12 noon Central Standard Time right here on Sports on Chicago. So uh, put in your memory banks 
and in your phones, Second City Sports, next Wednesday and Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time right here on Sports Zone Chicago. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0, S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. Make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago app wherever you get your apps. Follow Sports Zone Chicago on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. You can subscribe to our podcast at War Media Podcast. That's W-A-R-R Media, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S, More uh, Media Podcast. Uh, we're available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. And give War Media a follow at W-A-R-R Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. All right, Lakina, take us home. All right, LA, don't forget, uh, you catch Sports on Chicago anytime you want on Roku TV. You know, of course, if you get the Roku TV stick or you got the Roku TV app anywhere on your, your whatever device you got, you'll just type in Sports on Chicago, catch our show, Sean and Maya, the Smoke Fellas, um, anytime, anywhere. And uh, yeah, it's, like I said, it's all right there for you. Spend this holiday weekend, uh, catch up on the episodes because so, they're all right there for you. Yes, no excuses. Oh, real quick before we uh, head out for uh, this weekend, Lakina, let's give a big congratulations and a big clap it up to our boss, Sean Sierra. He made his debut on on the NBC Sports Chicago football uh, night in Chicago on Thursday with our guy, Kenneth Davis from um, the Undercenter podcast. And of course, his independent show, That David Show, you can catch right here on YouTube. Sean Sierra uh, made his debut last night. If you missed it, you can subscribe to the YouTube channel, NBC Sports Chicago, and catch the latest of uh, the Thursday episode of Football Night in Chicago. He and Ken Davis, as the kids would say, chopped it up about the Chicago Bears and the NFL. Great conversation there. Yeah, so you make sure you guys check that out. Also, do want to give another shout out to um, the LSU Tigers men's baseball team. They win their, I believe, this is their fifth national championship, just hammering uh, Florida in the decider. <laughs> like, I think it's like 13 runs or something like that. So, you know, you know, they've been kind of, you know, they've been right there for the last couple of years. So it's nice to see them back mm-hmm. winning again. So uh, that was a lot of, that was a fun uh, men's college world series series, if you will. <laughs> so, you know, enjoy mm-hmm. the barbecues or whatever you guys got planned. You know, don't, don't, you know, be safe. Those firecrackers folks, you know, don't, you know, no, don't make sure, yes. you know, don't, don't, or don't do any other, any other things stupid this holidays uh, weekend. So, for Sid, I'm the Kansas City Sports on Sports of Chicago. Folks, stay safe, and uh, we'll see you Wednesday. Go Sox! Holla!